0: I'm just going to pray for Tom, and then we'll get into him. Yeah, man. Lord, we just thank you for Tom. We thank you for his heart to glorify you and all that he's doing, Lord. Thank you for the words that you've placed on his heart this morning for us. Lord, I pray that we have ears to hear your word and your spirit moving through Tom. And I pray that, I pray for boldness for Tom, for him speaking your truth, and I pray for us that um, the words that are from you, that they would stick and penetrate our heart, and the words that are not, that they would fall away. And Lord, I thank you for Tom's willingness and obedience to come forward and and teach and preach your word, Lord, and we just pray you bless him for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Morning, guys. How's it going? Everyone comfortable where they're sitting? Yeah? Can you get up and move closer, please? All right, well, um, we survived daylight savings time, guys. We made it here. Congratulations. Barely? Barely. We're selling t-shirts in the concession on the way out. Um, yeah, how's it going? Everyone kind of groggy? Yeah. I feel that. Um so hopefully today is super lively. We're gonna be talking about fasting, so buckle up. That's not a joke actually. So um but before that, how's it going memorizing the the greatest commandment? Anyone trying that? Anyone feel willing to share their progress? I feel like Scott wants to do it. I'll do
1: it. Do it. Hero Israel, the Lord is one? Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Yeah. Soul all your mind with all your strength. Yep.
0: Maybe different. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's a good job, man. That's really good. Let's say it together, guys. Hero O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Cool. So we're trying to memorize this, guys, over this series. Um, and we're, we kind of split it into two parts. Like the first part, we were talking about the whole idea of following Jesus, the way of Jesus, holiness, his work, and our work partnering together. And the last few weeks, we've been talking about different habits or disciplines that will get us back to God. Because life around us is blizzardy. It's crazy out there. And we use this picture of a rope to a barn. And this is what farmers used to do when there was a blizzard coming. The first thing they would do is string a rope from the house to the barn so that they wouldn't get lost out in the cold, but they'd be able to make it back to home. And that's the whole idea with all the things we're talking about. With last week we talked about hospitality. Um, did we talk about one before that? I'm drawing a blank. That was the first one. No, then this one um, today. And so th- whatever we're talking about, it's not, the point isn't just to do hospitality. The point isn't just to do fasting to get us back to relationship and, and unity and union with God. And so the cool thing is, like what we're talking about, discipleship, it's not some crazy way-off thing, Trish. It's for right here, right now. And the way of Jesus is rooted and grounded and lived in reality, which is good news for us. It's not this weird thing we have to do, like we don't have to ascend to some temple on some high mountaintop. We get to do it right here in Alliston or Tottenham or Beaton or Lyle wherever you live and as disciples what we're doing is we're learning to rethink everything which seems like a weighty task but it's really awesome actually when we start to do it we get to rethink all of our lives in light of the good news that jesus's kingdom has arrived and so this means that we're going to be doing a lot of the same things differently and so last week we talked about opening up our tables and and eating meals with other people and and doing that differently for god's glory and so today we're going to look at this idea of eating or food and how, how do we look at food differently than we have in the past. And so we're going to look at Jesus' teaching from the Sermon on the Mount on fasting. And so in the middle of the, in, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' kind of explanation of what life in his kingdom looks like. And so if you're ever wondering, like, how, how am I supposed to live? What am I supposed to do as a Christian? A good place to start is just to read the Sermon on the Mount. And a lot of the stuff in there is going to be like, how the heck do we do this? This seems impossible. But the good news is that God in in his goodness and in his grace has Brought us into relationship with Himself and filled us with His Spirit, which is the way we can do this. That's how we're empowered to do this, is in partnering with Him. And we do this in grace as well, because we're not going to do it perfectly. We learn in the process. So He's just talked about giving to the needy, and He's talked about prayer, which are both pretty normal parts of Christianity, I would say. Like we have a giving box, we've prayed already today. But this whole idea of fasting. It, it almost seems like the weird uncle that no one really wants to talk about or have over or just doesn't know how to deal with them. Um, but both, like, obviously giving and prayer we see as normal and necessary. So um, my hope today is that we begin to see fasting as another aspect or, or part of our, our faith and part of our discipleship to Jesus. So would you guys stand with me as I read Jesus' words from the Sermon on the Mount about fasting? And then I'll pray for us, and then we'll hop into our conversation today. So this is Jesus speaking. He says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Word of the Lord. So, Father, we thank you this morning for the reality that you are good, that you are a a loving father who wants good things for his children. And so, when we look at this idea of fasting, I pray that we could lay aside our own um, preconceived ideas or thoughts about what it even is, and that Jesus, that we would learn from you what it looks like to fast, uh, the importance of fasting, and Holy Spirit, that we would sense. Um, an invitation and an empowering and a, and a delight even at the idea of, of looking at something that we do all the, all the time differently. And so would you just come and have your way this morning? I pray that you would unite us and that you would be made glorious as we think about these things to, together, Lord. So come have your way. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you guys can be seated. Anyone feel comfortable sharing their uh, favorite meal? Steak, alright. What else we got? Tacos. Tacos. Isaiah? I don't know. Oh, you don't even know?
1: <laughs>
0: I think it's Cheerios, bro. Every time I'm at your house, <laughs> you're eating Cheerios.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's often 8 o'clock at night, So You're just bowing down in Cheerios. What
1: else?
0: Mom's um, spaghetti. Oh, shout out to Eminem.
1: <laughs> I <right>. got
0: it. <laughs> well, anything else? Audrey, what do you got? Chicken noodle a soup. Nice. Good answer. Well, I love food. Um, I really do. I love eating at restaurants. I love hearing about when you've eaten at restaurants. I want to know what you ordered, how it tasted, why you ordered that. I, I, just, I could talk about food all day. And if I could have my dream job, it would be, I, I think I mentioned this last week, some type of combination of like food critic slash theologian. That would be like my dream come true. So I love food. And food, I want to be clear off the hop, food is a really good thing. It's a gift from God. So today when we're talking about not eating a set that we're saying eating is bad or food is bad. It's just we want to think about eating differently. And so with fasting, I have an interesting experience with fasting because I love food so much. And I want two stories come to mind just off the hop. And um, hopefully you'll be able to relate to some of them and, and maybe not. But the first story is I, I remember being the first time I ever fasted um, it was for a youth, I went on a youth trip, I was probably like 17, we went away with our youth group, I was super excited, we we're going to go to this cool place in the mountains, really looking forward to it. We get there, and they tell us upon arrival, hey guys, we're not going to eat until next, t- till tomorrow at lunchtime. I'm like, what? No explanation, no under, unpacking what fasting even is, it was just a chosen mandatory fast that we had to partake in. And I was like, this doesn't seem, this is like more torturous than anything else. this is not, this is not helpful. And so in that story, it exposed my lack of understanding about what fasting even is. I was perplexed and confused, and I'm not proposing that we're going to do that. But, hey guys, none of you can eat until next week this time. Um, <laughs> mandatory fasting is not something that's to be forced on us as followers of Jesus. And then the other story that comes to mind, kind of on the other end of the spectrum, is I've been trying to implement and practice this over the last couple years. And one of the first times I did it, I want to apologize to my family for this, but you'll remember this story. I hadn't eaten. It wasn't even that long. I had dinner the day before. I didn't have breakfast, and I didn't have lunch. And so I was cooking us hamburgers on the barbecue. You remember this, Theo. You're already laughing. And I came inside, and I was like, no one talk to me. No one look at me. I need to eat. And I just sat at the end of the table, (laughs) didn't even talk to my family at all, because I was like, I have to eat. And it was brutal. It was not good. It was not a good scene. I had to do some repenting afterwards. So in that story, I'm not into this spectrum, I had a wrong motivation. See, I was trying to do this thing for God, and I completely overlooked my family. And I was like, don't you guys know I haven't eaten in like, you know, 24 hours? It's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> but, but I went from, from not eating to gorging. And, just, and I think that defeats the entire purpose altogether. And so in both of these stories, one is like this massive lack of understanding, And the other one is this this wrong motivation and the outworking not being about being closer to God or other people but about just getting something done. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you're like me and you're not sure how to practice fasting. Maybe you have no interest in it and you're like, I'll get through this and I'll go home and I'll never think about this again. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to be clear, fasting is hard, full stop, because it's hard. Fasting is hard. There's no spiritual gift of fasting. Mm-hmm. It's not that some of us are called to it and some of us aren't. It, I, I would say, and I hopefully I will be able to argue biblically, that it is something, it's an invitation for us mm-hmm. from God to cultivate a new hunger for Him. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think we could all do with. And some of us may feel stuck in our relationship with God. We may feel plateaued. And maybe, just maybe, this is the thing that could kind of unlock whatever is, is lodged and stuck within you. Mm-hmm. And so let's, just, let's start at the beginning. And, and work towards a definition of what fasting even is. I don't know if you guys have noticed, if you've been on social media over the last little bit, fasting is having a bit of a moment, culturally. Um, you know, everyone's all about intermittent fasting and all kinds. Of, there's podcasts. I, I googled, like, just podcasts. There's, like, hundreds of, of, of podcasts just about intermittent fasting and all the health benefits. So there are actual real health benefits to the practice of fasting, but that's not what we're talking about this morning. And it's not even an exclusively Christian discipline you think about our friends who are Muslim, they would do all kinds of fasting throughout their calendar of their faith as well. So it's not just a supremely Christian or, or uniquely Christian practice. But what we believe as followers of, of Jesus is we, we're living in a different story. And this scripture, this Bible that we read from, defines for us kind of God's world and our place in it. And scripture is authoritative in our lives. And in, in the scripture, there's a lot to say about fasting if we are willing to pay attention. And so just for example, we see Moses, the lawgiver, fasting. We see David, the king, fasting. We see Elijah, the prophet, fasting. We see Esther, the queen, fasting. Daniel, the seer. Anna, the prophetess. Paul, the apostle. And uh, most importantly, we see Jesus, the incarnate son of God, fasting. So it's kind of like a who's who of our faith. Some heroes in there, and they practice fasting. So let's pay attention to that when we see that in the story of scripture. And so a definition of fasting. Fasting is this. It is refraining from food for a set period of time for a spiritual purpose. And just really quick disclaimer, you know, we could think about fasting our devices or technology or certain things. And that would be different than the biblical understanding of what fasting is. That would be more like abstaining from things. And I think that's a great practice. And I might even talk about that another week about just our, our relationship with technology But in in today's conversation, what we mean when we're talking about fasting is specifically food, okay? So fasting is refraining from food for a set period of time for a spiritual purpose. Um, It's learning to pray with our whole bodies. And so in in Scripture, there's three different types of fasts that we see. The first one is an absolute fast, and this is seen only occasionally in Scripture, and this is when there is no food or water taken into our bodies. This is like Real, real deal. I've never done this. Um, the, the thing that comes to mind probably for most of us is this whole idea of a normal fast, which is per, um, not per eating any food, but, but taking in liquids into our bodies. And this is, what comes, this is kind of the most normal way of doing it. And what we're doing in this process is we're turning all of our energies that we would spend in either preparing or eating meals towards prayer, worship, scripture, or other spiritual disciplines. And then last but not least, in the scripture, we see a partial fast, which we see in Daniel. And so he's refraining from particular types of food. And so I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that before, like a Daniel fast where you're only eating certain things. But that's another. So there's an absolute, a normal, and a partial fast. So I want to I read this uh, one quote from Dallas Willard, which, which I think is helpful for us in thinking about this. This discipline, so we're talking about fasting, this discipline teaches us a lot about ourselves very quickly. Boom. It will certainly prove humiliating to us, like me with my family, um, as it reveals to us how much our peace depends upon the pleasure of eating. It may also bring to mind how we are using food pleasure to assuage the discomforts caused in our bodies by faithless and unwise living and attitudes our lack of self-worth, meaningless work, purposeless existence, or lack of rest or exercise. If nothing else, though, it will certainly demonstrate how powerful and clever our body is in getting its own way against our strongest resolves. And you ever have that where you're like, you're trying not to eat chocolate, and then there's a chocolate bar in your cupboard, and you're upstairs at night laying you're like, what if I just, I can't, you know, you're just fighting it in your bed? <laughs> And then you run down and have a little nibble and then don't tell anyone about it. We feel this. And he's saying it's like, it's like yeah, that's, that's a, a little physical representation of a much bigger story that's going on in our bodies. That we have to fight this desire to fulfill just what our bodies want, what our flesh is after. And so in, in fasting, it's the desire here is to shift our focus from just all, all the things our bodies want to, to what does our spirit need? And not what is my flesh desire, but what is, what is the will of my Father? And so there's subtle shifts that take a long time to work out, but it's, this practice is helpful in us doing this. So what it does as well is it reveals our dependence. And so when we, we think about practicing fasting, it's not just a tweak of our habits, but it's learning to offer to God our full dependence, all the way down to our sustenance that comes from food and water. And so maybe right off the hop, you're having some theological difficulties and you're like, hey, this does not make any sense to me. And so just a few, few just things I think are helpful in saying, and this is kind of where we can get it wrong. The first thing we could think about fasting is that it's reserved for like super special agent elite Christians, that it's like, it's only for the select few. And that's great if you want to do it. And it's, it's, it's not good for me. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. And there are legitimate reasons that you should not fast. If you're pregnant, if you struggle with an eating disorder, if you are unhealthy to the point where your body's too frail, to do that 100%. Do not fast. But it's not, just to, just to get that out there, it's not reserved for super elite Christians, okay? The second alarm bell that might be going off in us is as Christians in the West, we have a huge kind of allergy to anything that kind of smells like self-deprivation or, or asceticism. Like, no, no, we can't do that. We're saved by grace. God is good. We can't do these types of things. And that's true to a point, but what we do when we're fasting is we're, we're stopping to eat food so that we can feast on God. And so it's, it's a reorientation of our desire. And so there is a place for this, and this, we'll talk about this more uh, throughout our talk this morning, but those two things may be going on in your head, and that's okay. Let's just keep going together. So there, there, you might be thinking as well, hey, is it commanded in Scripture? And the short answer is no. And so Richard Foster puts it this way. There is simply no biblical laws that command regular fasting. Our freedom is in the gospel. However, it doesn't mean new license. It means a new opportunity. Mm-hmm. So we think about, yeah, we're free in Jesus. Yeah, we don't want to just use that for a license. We want to look through the lens of opportunity and growing in Christlikeness. And so this is another means by which to do that. So that's what fasting is. So most importantly, as we want to be disciples of Jesus, we want to look like Jesus, we want to do what Jesus did, what did Jesus have to say about fasting? So I'm going to reread um, Matthew six sixteen to 18. He starts like this. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And so, again, this is in the same flow of Jesus just talking about giving to the needy and prayer. And so, it, it, fasting is a normal part of our discipleship and, and life in God. And so, he doesn't say you must fast or if you fast. What does he say? When. When, when you fast. So it's almost like there's this um, not, uh, like an assumption that hey as followers of Jesus, as people who are taking this seriously, just like you're going to pray and just like you're going to give because you've been given so much, you're going to fast And so there, there's like this expectation that this is going to be a normal part of our lives in God and so what Jesus is doing, he's giving instruction in how to properly fast. Because, all, I mean, we as human beings, we take a good thing and we make it worse, typically. Mm-hmm. And so he needs, to, he needs to teach us the, the proper way in, in doing that. And so what he's getting at is, um, is that, that there is a time to fast. And what he's going to talk about in a second is that there is a time to not fast as well. And so it's not that we always fast, but there is a time when we don't fast as well. So there's a time to fast, and there's a time... To feast, And so Jesus, uh, in a few few chapters later in the Gospel of Matthew, he's asked by people, that, some disciples of John, and they come to him and they say, Then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't fast? So, so we see that there's a time Jesus is expecting them to fast, mm-hmm. but currently they're not fasting, even though they're living life with Jesus. And he says this, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast so i think what he's saying is when when jesus is with them there's no longer that need to be fasting in in that space but he, he is going to he eventually leaves he ascends right goes back to the to the right hand of the father and in between now and jesus's return is is what he's talking about i think when he's saying and then they will fast so for us right here right now this is a command for today that we fast Now, until the return of Jesus. So, um, again, this is not a command, however. This is an invitation. For those of us who feel stuck, this may be the very thing that we need. And so this, this plays into the much bigger story of discipleship that we've been talking about. And this whole idea of reorienting our lives around God rather than ourselves. And so we have a good desire for things like food. It's not wrong to desire Food, but it's, it's wrong to give in to every desire we have in our flesh. And so how do we reinterpret that desire for, fruit, for food and for, or for any other good thing through the lens of God being the center of our lives rather than the self being the center of our lives. And so that is what Jesus talks about fasting. It seems like he, he's, he thinks we're going to do it until he comes back. It's not if you fast, it's when you fast. And it's until he returns. So there seems to be a place for it in our lives right here and right now. So what's the purpose of fasting? Is it just to, to, to be hip and to be cool or to deny ourselves things just for the purpose of denying ourselves things? The simple answer is to make us more like Jesus. That's why we fast. But a few other reasons and a few other things to kind of think about as we um, consider the discipline of fasting. Um, we want to do everything that we can to, to, to continue that work that God's begun in us to reorient our lives around Him and not ourselves. So this is another way to root and center our lives on God and not the self. So Jesus right away in his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, he gets at the issue of motive. You see that? He's talking about how the hypocrites, they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by other people. They're doing this to impress other people. They're doing this to be noticed. They're not doing this for God. It sounds like it sounds like they're doing it for themselves. And so Jesus' instruction is, hey, just when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. He's basically saying, just just be normal. Just be normal, guys. And listen, your father is going to see you when you do this. And so with all the spiritual disciplines, with all the spiritual practices, our motives are more important than the method we're, we're using. So the idea isn't just that we're fasting. The idea is that we are longing to be more rooted and centered in God. And so this is another means by which we could do that. So let's keep that, that idea in mind, that our motives are more important than the methods that we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks. So back to fasting, Jesus, or God talks about in, in one of the Old Testament prophets that it's possible to do the right things for the wrong reasons, basically. So we can fast for the wrong reasons. And in Zechariah 7-5, he, he asks Israel, he says, Was it really for me that you fasted? Was it really for me that you fasted? And so back to that story about me being starving and being a jerk to my family. I would say that, no, it wasn't really about God that I fasted that day. It was more about me rather than him. And so fasting, guys, is yet another way that we can worship God as well. There's a couple of scriptures in the New Testament in Acts where it talks about how the the new uh, community of Jesus uh, was fasting and worshiping at the same time. We can do this unto God with glad and joyful hearts. Um, And this is just another way to enable and to ensure that we don't just end up loving the blessings of God more than he himself as the one who blesses us. And so it's just another way to root us and center our lives on God as we learn to not live fully dependent on material things like food, but to live more fully upon God and who he is. The second thing we understand and learn about um, fasting is that we learn to not be driven by our own appetites and desires. Um, more than any other discipline, fasting reveals what controls us. And this may be enough to put us off of it. We may not even want to know this, but I would say you do want to know this as followers of Jesus. We want to understand and be able to unpack and identify so we can repent and believe in the good news of Jesus yet again. So more than any other discipline, fasting reveals what controls us. Um, uh, Richard Foster says this in his book, The Celebration of Discipline. This is a wonderful benefit of the true disciple who longs to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. So I think that's most of us here. We cover up what is inside of us with food and other good things, but in fasting, these things surface. Anger, bitterness, jealousy, strife, fear. If they are within us, they will surface during fasting. At first, we will rationalize that our anger is due to our hunger. or just hangry. Then we will realize that we are angry because the spirit of anger is within us. We can rejoice in this knowledge because we know that healing is available through the power of Christ. There's just another way that we're refined. It's another way that we see what's actually going on underneath the surface in our lives. This is good for us. It's difficult, but it's good for us. Fasting, what it does is it breaks our default connections and reorients us towards a greater good and a greater food in this case, which is intimacy with God and enjoying God. The next thing we we learn in the why of fasting is this, is that it invites us to live from a different source. So it's another practice in learning dependence on God and not on ourselves or material things. We learn that we are sustained, like Jesus says, by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so in that place, we're learning that it's not bread alone that we live by and on. Food does not sustain us, God does. And so like Jesus said, one day we'll be able to say, our food is to do the will of the one who sent me. Our food is to do the will of the Father. So as we learn to practice fasting, we begin to feast on God. The other benefit of this, which I think most of us could grow in, I know I could, is in fasting we learn self-control and self-denial simultaneously. Who wants that? All right. (laughs) Uh, And I think we we have to come to grips that um, most of our day, most of our lives are spent kind of trying to answer these two questions. What do I want and how do I feel?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do I want? Like, we live in a very unique setting, guys, where most of the time we could just get what we want.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, Most of the world, that's not even a, a possibility. And so um, we learn in fasting to live from a place of self-control and not self-indulgence. And self-denial, which is different than self-deprivation. And so when I think about my children, my lovely children, and and food specifically, there are countless amounts of times that we're eating dinner, their food is falling out of their mouths, and they're asking what's for snack, or what's for breakfast the next day, or what's for lunch. And I think that's, that's often how we live our lives. We get something, and then we're on to the next thing. Like, I got something I've been wanting for a long time, and I'm already thinking about how I need other things that go with that thing already now. So how do we learn to live lives of self-control and self-denial? Not just getting all the time what we want based on how we feel. So again, fasting is another way that we can learn. And this, listen to this. This may not sit well with you, but that's okay. In fasting, we learn to suffer happily as we feast on God. Like I said, fasting is not easy, but it's this process of, of learning self-control and self-denial. And we do that with God. And we learn to suffer happily because the The point of following Jesus is this ongoing experience of taking up our cross daily and following him. Mm -hmm. We run into danger when we we preach Jesus as this one who answers everything we could ever want. He answers the deeper thing beneath the thing we think we want. Mm -hmm. So if we can learn to show restraint with food, we'll be able to show restraint with other fleshly desires. Amen? Mm -hmm. All right. Not, I need to make a note to not preach on fasting on daylight savings time days. Um, so anyways, the last thing, and I think this is really important, we do not fast to twist God's arm to do what we want. It's not like, hey God, pay attention to me, I haven't eaten in 24 hours, hello, do what I want you to do. We don't fast to get God's approval for our will, we fast to get realigned to his heart and to his will. And when we do this, when we do that simple act of not eating for a couple meals um, in a day, what we do is we set the stage for a greater awareness of God and his kingdom coming in our lives. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm sure there's many other reasons, guys, but those are just a few reasons why we fast. And so maybe, hopefully, you're asking this question, how do I fast? And maybe you're not, but anyways, I'm <laughs> going to tell you how. Um, Hey, thanks, Katie. The the first The first thing I want to say, uh, just a few tips. I'm no master. I've been doing this for a little bit. But the first thing is this. Expect resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fast on Wednesdays, and often Wednesdays are the hardest days of the week for me. And I think there's a correlation there. That, Jess, are you confirming this? No, I was just oh, saying okay. every Wednesday. I mean, not for you
1: breakfast other days, but I always oh, yeah. Just tempts me with food. Just tempts my, the temptress is there. But
0: I often, I often skip breakfast and lunch unintentionally and I feel fine. But Wednesdays when I'm, I'm choosing to do that. It's like I have a really bad headache. I'm extra cranky. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, oh, there's resistance here. The enemy does not want me to learn to depend on God. And so let's just, in, in doing this, don't be naive. Expect resistance from the enemy as we practice fasting. Um, the second thing uh, which I think is just a freeing thing in general, and this is something I need to hear often in my life, is don't get too legalistic. Just, it's okay. Um, I had this funny experience where I, made, I decided to make a meal for someone on the day I was fasting. And because I'm very legalistic, I was like, I'm not going to taste this at all. just a bad idea. Don't cook for people and, not, and, don't, and like, not, don't taste the food. And so I was telling a buddy of mine, he's like, dude, just, why didn't you taste the food? I was like, well, I, had, I would have to restart my 24 hours. And I was hearing myself like, oh my gosh, like I am... Being legalistic here. Jesus would not get mad at me if I tasted the meat I was cooking for those people. So anyways, don't cook for people when you're fasting. <laughs> slash don't get too legalistic. And then, I said this earlier, but just be normal. You know, when you're, when you're fasting and you're going out for coffee with your friend that you had already planned, and they ask you, hey, do you want a cookie? And don't be like, you know what, I'm actually fasting. Like, just, you know what? You know, I'm good. I'm, I, I already ate breakfast. I'm fine. Don't, don't be weird about it. Don't be super spiritual. That's really off-putting. Just be normal. Okay, really basic way of doing it. I would suggest starting with a single meal. And just pick a day. I'm going to fast lunch on Tuesday. And then that time that you would normally spend eating or preparing that meal, I would just say open your Bible or pray. Think about the people in your community group or people in your life that need prayer. And just spend that time with God. It's really simple just to start that way. I would suggest um, also journaling your experience. What did you feel God's saying? What did you sense? Maybe some of those, those feelings of, or emotions came to the surface like your anger or your jealousy or your bitterness or your hopelessness, whatever that is, and that's, that's coming to the surface and bring those things before God in that space. One of the things I found really helpful in my journey with fasting is I've, I've actually invited a couple other people into that journey and we're doing that together. And there's this continuity and there's also this solidarity that comes with that when we're telling other people um and and journeying together uh, in that process also just to pray for one another in that space as well as we experience resistance that we could hear from god clearly all those types of things It, it always helps to keep other people in the loop and then i think that's where you start and then just slowly add to it maybe you start with a meal and then it turns into two meals and then maybe it's a day and maybe once a year you do a couple day fast or the, 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 we can just add to it. There's no right way to do it. Um, it's just, again, it's the motivation behind it more than the, than the method with which we're doing it. So again, guys, this is just another way that we can look at the everyday stuff of life, like eating differently. And I think the biggest takeaway for you guys, hopefully this morning, is just God wants us to learn to live fully dependent on Him. That's the biggest thing. And so this is just another way that we can learn to not be dependent on the things of God that he's created, but more so on him as our creator and our sustainer. It's Jesus himself that holds all things together, not our three square meals a day, plus snacks, and a glass of red wine and a few coffees in between. (laughs) Amen. So we're going to end, guys, with feasting on Jesus. We're going to have communion together today. And so I want you guys just to come up. If, if you, There's no pressure to take communion today if, if you don't want to. But those of us who follow Jesus, um, this is just another way that we remind ourselves that our nourishment comes from Jesus. And so why don't we just come up now? We don't, it doesn't have to be a big show. Come grab the cup and the juice and head back to your, back to your seats and I'll lead us in taking communion together.